government officials. Welcome to the PIO Guy podcast, where we focus on tips and skills new public information officers will need to be successful in their new career. This is my first season with the podcast, and I invite you to sit back, take notes, and let's dive into PIO 101. All right, welcome back. My name is Todd Harmison. I'll be the host of the PIO Guy podcast, and today we're going to talk about tips for a successful television interview. I think this is so important. You know, last week we talked about coming off of an active uh, assailant threat at one of our local high schools and the importance of the public information officer to be in tune and connected with the media and all. And with that being said, that training gets you up to the point where the incident occurs or where you need to be in order to communicate with your television stations, you know, um, having that relationship and that contact is so vitally important. So today we're going to focus on now you're, now you're going to be doing the television interview and how to prepare for that. Technology is, is so important and there are so many avenues for doing an on-camera interview that every public information officer and crisis communicator needs to have the skill at a moment's notice to be able to do this. Okay, So one of the first things that any public information officer that's going to be speaking on the, to the news media on television needs to understand what is the purpose of the interview. What are you going to be speaking about? Who is the audience that you need to be reaching out to and connecting with? Once you understand who is the target audience and what do you want them to know or feel or understand about your message, now you're ready to start preparing the key message. What is that key message when you're preparing this you need to think about breaking that down into three to five at the absolute max key points that you want to bring up and discuss during this interview once you identify these key points to discuss now you need to practice you, you, it's just like driving a car. None of us woke up and mom and dad said, all right, we're going to go on a drive. We're going to, Fel we're going to Florida. And uh, Todd, you're 16 years old. By golly, you're about ready to get your license. So you're going to drive the family to Florida on your first time behind the wheel. No, absolutely not. We, we all know that's a, that's a, a dangerous, disastrous, and, and probably deadly combination there. But what you need to do is you need to practice. Practice before the time is to be on camera. Okay, Practice at home. Practice in your office. Stand in front of a mirror so that you can see yourself and you can see your expressions, you can see your mannerisms, and you have that ability to self-critique through the mirror before 
you're on television. When it's time to practice is today. Not after the incident occurs. Not after the news media calls you and says, hey, we want to come and do a story. We'd like to come interview you. You, you can't, it's not acceptable to say, okay, yeah, um, let's see, it's, uh, it's Tuesday, and let's see, I need to practice. Wednesday, I got this. Thursday, I got this. Yeah, how about you come out next Wednesday? No, when the, when the media calls, they need you right away to do their story. They're, they're putting together a package. They're putting together a message that they want to communicate to their followers. And you have been selected to use your input and your skill to help the news media broadcast this message. So now is the time to practice. This is something that you should be practicing at least every couple days, maybe weekly, until you're comfortable with doing an interview. Now we're gonna talk about how you prepare for the tough questions. You know, not every interview is going to have those tough questions, but certainly depending on the topic that the media wants to ask you about, there could be. So when, when you know what the topic is going to be, is the time to start brainstorming. Right on the board, right on your phone, piece of paper, all of those hard questions that you don't want to answer. That's the first way to begin. And then you say, okay, if these are the questions I don't want to answer, then I need to be prepared with how am I going to answer if those questions are brought to me? And typically, in the public information world and crisis communications world, we call this redirecting the question. So the news media asks you something that you're not prepared to answer, you're not able to answer. Maybe it's a, a criminal matter and it's an ongoing investigation. And you don't want to give away that tip that could mean the matter of determining who's guilty and who's not. So the way to handle that is certainly not saying no comment or I cannot answer that question. Bad, bad, bad. Strike those two phrases out of your memory right now. Never, never, never say I have no comment. That is the same as saying to the public, I have something to hide. I'm not going to answer that question because there's something I don't want to tell you. Okay, You and I may both know that you're not able to answer that question because, again, of the ongoing investigation, maybe it's a personnel matter. But when you say, I have no comment, the public immediately thinks you're hiding something. So... Instead of saying, I have no comment, you have an opportunity in front of the news media. The camera is on, the microphone is on, now is the time to redirect that question to something you do want to talk about. And it doesn't have to be a negative 
question. I, I don't want anybody to think, well, I can only use this tactic if they ask me a bad question. No, not, not at all. Uh, there have been times, and, and I can't think of an immediate example, but there have been times that the news media has asked me a question and it caught me off guard. I was like, wow, I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I, I don't know an answer right off the top of my head. But instead of, again, saying, I don't know, or I have no comment, or, hey, I really don't want to answer that question. That, that's not the topic we're on today. My answer immediately then is to redirect to something that I do want to talk about. So let me give you an example. Um, you're on scene of a tornado touchdown in your community. It's early in the response, so emergency responders are still racing around the community doing rescues. And the news media asks the question of, well, how much is this going to cost? Do, does the community have this kind of money in their budget right now to, to be paying all this overtime? And are the firefighters and police officers really even going to get paid because we heard that the community is short on money and they're having trouble making bank right now? Are, are these people all working for volunteer because in their heart and their mind they know they're not going to get paid? Okay, well, <clears throat> that's obviously not a question for the moment. We'll, we'll figure out, the community will figure out how to pay later on. The immediate answer right now, though, in the focus has got to be on the life safety and the rescue. So the response to that type of statement would be something along the lines of, I understand your question, but right now, Emergency responders, they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about rescuing the victims that have been impacted by this terrible tornado that has struck our community. We want to tell the public, number one, we have shelters that are available for people to go to. Number two, if you are in your home, please stay inside. There are power lines down. There's debris in the roadway. It is not safe for you to be out and about walking in the community. Please stay inside so emergency responders can do their job. And number three, if you have access to social media or a working cellular phone, please make contact with family members. Let them know you are okay. Put something out on social media, on your Facebook page. Tell your loved ones that you're okay. Those are the three messages that we want to focus on with the media during this immediate response to this tornado. Okay, that was just an example. Obviously, there's not been a tornado or anything right now. I just wanted to give you an example of a question that was, you know, the media may be wanting to know because your your jurisdiction has been in the news for financial struggles and, and paying their bills, let's say. And so the media is going to spin that. They're, they're going to ask that question. They're going to see all these responders. And if your community's already having trouble paying their, their salaries, oh my gosh, this overtime is going to, going to bankrupt the community. Well, may or may not. That, as a public information officer, that's not our job. That is not our job to think about. Our job is to get that message to the right people at the right time. And that message that I just made up on the fly there was, you know, number one, we have shelters available. Number two, uh, 
We want you to stay indoors if you're at your home. And number three, tell your family and friends that you're okay. Make sure you're communicating with the public that you're okay. That is how you handle the tough question. Next is you want to be concise with your with your message when the news media is doing an interview you're at best going to get two maybe three minutes of your interview is going to get plugged on that breaking news story or that that package that they're wanting that the news media is putting together on a particular topic they may use what's called b-roll which is uh, video footage and then you're talking in the background, maybe. Okay? So you want to be very concise. You want to know the key bullets of your message. And in the sound bits that the media is going to capture, you want to get those just like bullet items, as I did in that previous example. Number one, number two, number three. I do not recommend going beyond three points because it gets very long-winded, but it also gets um, the public, by the time they get to number four and number five, they may have already forgotten what your first bullet was, your most important message. All right, so keep your, your answers, your interview, talking points very concise. Stick to the message that you want to deliver. Um, lastly is remember the things you don't say. <laughs> remember the things you don't say. What I mean by that is things like how you're dressed, how your your mannerisms, your expressions on your face, your your hand gestures. I'm a person that when I'm being interviewed, my hands are up and moving and and are right there in front of me because I talk. I'm doing it right now as I as I talk to you and I record this podcast. My hands are going a mile a minute, but that's because I'm passionate about what I do. But you have to be mindful of that, okay? If the media is interviewing you, you need to ask them, okay, what is your frame set? How, how low are you, is the camera on me? Is it, is it down to my waist? Is it at my chest? You know, where is that? If it's, if it's at my chest, which oftentimes when, when I'm being interviewed, that's where it's at, the, the camera, the frame, it's from my chest up. So I know that I can kind of move my hands down below that area, more around my waist as I'm talking, because that's what I do. But if I want to use my fingers to point out bullet number one, bullet number two, bullet number three, I have to put my hands up above my chest line, above the frame of the camera. That's very important. The other thing, and I spoke about this last week in my podcast with the active threat, I made the decision to have Sergeant Keegan from the Indiana State Police be the spokesperson for law enforcement because he was in a Class A uniform. As a first responder in public safety, it is always best if you can be in uniform. Now, that's not always possible. Just like the day we responded to the threat in Alexandria. I, I wasn't on shift. I didn't have my uniform on. You know, I had a pair of jeans on and I had a sweatshirt. 
I was able to put a jacket on that, that appeared a little bit more professional than a hoodie. But at the end of the day, you need to be prepared with a uniform if all possible. Again, remember, you're only talking typically from the chest up. I, I had an acquaintance of mine many years ago. He was on Indianapolis Police Department. I was in a training with him. And he laughed about he always carried a uniform shirt in his car. Because at 2 o'clock in the morning or on Sunday, you know, when it's least a convenient time, you're going to get called for that interview. And he would throw his uniform shirt on. And there was one example. He was mowing his yard and he had on flip-flops and he had on shorts, you know, and an old T-shirt. And he got called to do an interview. And he said, yeah, you know, let's meet. We'll do the interview. And so he threw his uniform shirt on. And from the waist down was his shorts and his flip-flops. And it's a, it's a, it's a funny picture. And I, I shared it with another friend of mine. Um, he was a retired Anderson Police Department PIO. And I sent him a picture one day, the same thing. He was out front of APD headquarters being interviewed. And I don't remember now what he was being interviewed about, but it was on the weekend. And there's Joel standing there in his shorts and his T-shirt, but he's got his uniform shirt on. And when you saw that interview, you would think the man was in full uniform, had his Class A uniform there with his shorts and his, and his tennis shoes or flip-flops. So we must be prepared. One of the items I carry in my car, normally, it was out of my vehicle, of course, when the active threat came in, but normally I carry a blue jumpsuit. Uh, back in the old days, and again, I'm, I'm older. I'm 52 years old. I've been in emergency services, you know, for, gosh, since I was 16. So, well, I'm going on 30 years here. Um, no, gosh, more than that, man. I'm going on 40 years. Jeez. Woo, time flies when you're having fun. But I remember back then, a lot of volunteer departments carried jumpsuits. So I went and got myself a blue jumpsuit. It's got Velcro. I can put my Velcro badge on it. I can put my patches on it. And again, then it looks official from the waist up, no matter what I'm wearing. So I want you just to recap for this podcast. Number one, understand your audience and the purpose of the interview. Number two, prepare your key messages that you want to speak about. Be concise when you're speaking about those key messages. Number three, practice your delivery. I cannot stress that enough. Practice, practice, practice. Get in front of a camera. Get in front of a mirror and prepare a press statement and read that time and time again. Prepare for those tough questions. You've got to know what to expect from the media. If you're not able to answer something, redirect the question. Redirect what you're going to say to be the message that you want the news media to understand. And if you don't know the answer to something, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. But then follow it up with, but I will find out and I will get back in touch with you. And then it is your job to follow through. Be mindful of what you do not say, meaning 
your mannerisms, your hand gestures, what your facial expressions are, and what you're wearing. Those pieces together are the untold statement about your media interview. With that being said, be sure and check out my website. Go to www.thepioguy.com for more tips, tidbits, and tricks to improve your crisis communication skills. Like my podcast. Like my blogs. The more that we get interaction from you, my listeners, and my followers, the more that this message will be shared with other public information officers. Stay safe, stay informed, and stay engaged.